Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. Today's podcast is a hard one for me to have done, man. It's funny. I'm done with the podcast, and I want to, re- I want to record this intro for it because Damon Sewell gave me a, such a hardcore wake-up call when it came to fitness and balance and mindset and head sheets. You know, I talk about in my book this concept of false positive, where you actually think you're doing better than you really are financially and how detrimental that is to your finances. But I struggle with false positive in my own health. And so thank goodness for Damon on this, man. He called me out on a bunch of stuff. A guy even called me obese, which for a guy like me is a major wake-up call for me. So this is actually one of the most difficult, even uncomfortable podcasts I've recorded. And uh, I hope you guys appreciate the transparency and where I go with this on this one. And also, if you are facing false positive, either financially or in your your physical fitness, man, use this episode as a wake-up call. So here we go, me and Damon Sewell. Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you from my studio every week. I love people who tell it like it is, especially people who tell me that I'm fat. (laughs) Why I'm fat. And how I can stop being fat. (laughs) My guest today is someone who on a day in and day out basis I see on social media telling me and his followers why we are fat and most importantly how we can change it. He's the author of two books, The Shredded Executive, which I've listened to, fantastic book, and the new book, Booty Gains. Welcome Damon Sewell to the You Need More Money podcast. Thank you, thank you. So look, I know you're not telling me, Matt, that I'm fat, but when I watch your videos and you're telling your audience why they're fat, I look at myself and I say, man, this guy's right. This guy's <laughs> right. I can't get away from the truth that this guy tells, man. Yeah. So so you can see me on this video. Do I look fat? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, what, you're what I would consider obese. <laughs> And see, before we go there, understand this. Most people in America today are obese. You oh, see, you, the, the typical standards for obesity in America are over 25% body fat yeah. for men and over 32% for women. The majority of Americans today are beyond that. Yeah, I'm 33%. So you could, I'm 33%. It, exactly. So you're 8% over. Yeah. So over you're obese. What? You're obese as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, here's why it don't bother me. First off, I grew up with an adopted dad who called me idiot, stupid, retard, moron my whole life. So I'm I'm good with people calling me out. But I say to my wife, like, like my wife will say, do I look fat in this dress? And I'll say, no, baby, you look great. And then I'll say, do I look fat in these pants? And she'll say, no. And I said, no, 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 listen, it's different for me. I want you to tell me I look fat in these pants because that's the stuff that puts tell me, me in the, the gym. Tell me the truth. Tell me. I'll never say it to you, honey, right? Because I, don't, I know my wife. That's not the right way to motivate her. But when somebody says you're obese or you look fat, dude, that's good for me. I like yes. that stuff. And see, my entire, my entire career has been built off of my brash style. Yeah. You see, I'm very, very straightforward and blunt and straight to the truth. And it's just honesty, you know, and and the problem with most people who are in my profession is that they try and sugarcoat it. Mm. They basically try and blow smoke up your ass. Like, oh, you're doing so great. I'm like, bitch, you haven't lost a pound in six months. 
You ain't doing great. You got to get your fucking shit together. But here's the deal, man. It's the hardest part about your business, though, because on one hand, you run off clients like that. Most personal trainers don't talk to their clients because they need their clients. You are you are very correct. But those trainers who don't do that lose those clients anyway. Mm. Because those clients aren't getting results. Yeah, and they complain about the soreness, so they don't want to do the workouts that are that. Not hard. even that. Not even that. When you when you have a client that's been coming to you for a long time and they're not getting results, they're gonna stop coming, and they're gonna stop coming because yeah. the trainer's not doing their job to hold them accountable, to teach them how to eat right, to, to yeah. they're not training them the right way, so they're they're not gonna get results. That, that client is going to leave. Oh, do and see the people, the people who come to me, I have my own market. Right. So you see you see what you see on social media. The people who are attracted to my style of personality, those are my people. Yeah. Those are the ones who come to me. The ones who are a lot more sensitive and they need more of a uh, pat on the ass, they're not my market. Mm-hmm. I don't want to train you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can go to my wife. My wife trains too. <laughs> She's the alter ego. I don't want to deal with you because I'm gonna make you cry, and I don't want to. I don't want to hear. It. And this is the other side of it too. I found that the average person today plays victim to their circumstances, to their life. Oh, I can't because I'm too busy at work. I have this kid. I have you know. I got five kids. I got this. I got this. shut up. I don't want to hear it. Stop mm-hmm. making excuses. There's people who have more businesses. They got more problems than you. They got worse tasks than you. They got way more stuff going on than you, and they still make it happen. Mm. Stop playing a victim. You are responsible. Oh, dude, we're going to get into it today, man. Because <laughs> right? half of me does like somebody calling me fat. Another guy doesn't like, I, I really don't like being called obese. That's different, right? I didn't use that word. I used fat, not obese, all right? So look. Let's go back. You were brought up in Houston, Texas, and I listened to The Shredded Executive. I love the book. Weird uh, format that it comes in, though. You know, I wish it was on Audible because then I could get my hands on it. was kind of a weird – it came in in that MP3 format, which yep. was kind of odd. Yeah, but... I, I distributed it myself. I originally was trying to put it on Audible, yep. but they have like this <laughs> – their their process of, of approving the books to get it on their platform, yes. it's yep. such a pain in the ass. They're using like some team in India – and they kept responding with the same – every time I would submit it, I would fix whatever issues they had. They would respond with the same thing. And I'm like, look, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my followers don't care. You can hear a fucking mouse click, okay? Yeah. I'm cussing at them in the whole book. Yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> so I'm I like, you know it. what? I'm going to figure out a different way to distribute this book. So I figured out a way to market it or to, to distribute it myself. But here's what drew me in. That part when you were doing your intro and you were actually thanking your mom right? Oh man, my mom is, man, she's the shit. So, I mean, you got emotional on the book in the I studio did. and that was funny to me. I was mm-hmm. like, somebody must've made the decision to leave that in versus re-record mm-hmm. that because when I did the oh, audio version, true. yeah, I did the audio version of my book and I was telling the story of my brother-in-law in the book and I got very emotional and, uh, and they wanted to re-record over that. So, mm. um, so we did, but in yours, I mean, you, you know, you got real choked up, man, and yep. stopped you for a little bit. So mm-hmm. what was going on as a kid? Take me to the dinner table. What was the conversation? Oh man. Happening? See, I, I grew up single mom raising two kids and I was the, the oldest child of four years. I'm a little sister's four years younger than I am. And man, I just, my, our entire lives, she was constantly working two, three jobs at a time just to try and put food on the table 
And me being the oldest one, I, I saw her struggle mm -hmm. the entire time. I mean, there were, there were times where, um, like there was, there was one time where we got an eviction notice, um, on our apartment and I was actually the one that answered the door and got that letter. Yeah. And, and it was just seeing her struggle, you know, to raise us growing up, it, it was really rough. And it, it was, and it was really rough for us as kids too, because there was a lot of things that I wanted to do as a kid. You know, there was a lot of things that I wanted to have. There's a lot of, you know, I wanted to be able to go to like football camps and things like that, you know, cause I was obsessed with football when I was a kid, but mom couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of things I wanted to do with my life that could have completely transformed the direction that my life went in, but because financially we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. You know, my life took a different turn, but at the same time, you know, seeing her struggle like that. And, and there was some moments, man, where there was times where I would actually see her, you know, she would have like just a little bit of change in her, in, in the car, right. In the, like the little, little ashtray. Right. And we needed something to eat and she would take us to Taco Bell and she would buy us something like off the 59 cent menu back in the day. Right. And she wouldn't even eat because she didn't have food. She didn't have enough money for herself. Yeah. She would just get something for me and my sister. And I've seen her do that so many times where she sacrificed herself for us. And um, it, it was just growing up, I was like, man, I do not want to live like this as an adult. I am not going to raise my family like this. I'm going to make better choices with my life so that way I can have whatever the fuck I want and do whatever the fuck I want whenever I want. And um, but growing up like that was, was, uh, was kind of how it was. It was actually a time I remember to this day, uh, cause we were often on food stamps growing up, right. When I was a kid and, uh, one day she sent me to the store to get milk. Okay. And with food stamps and this happened all the time, <laughs> I hated it. I was so embarrassed to go to the store with food stamps. So what I would do is I would go to this convenience store and I would literally, wait until everybody left and then as soon as everybody left i grab whatever i needed run to the counter slap it on the counter and bolt out the door because i didn't want anybody to see me paying with food stamps because i was so embarrassed yeah. right and i remember one day i was so mad because i had to do it again and i'm like 12 years old and i'm walking home from the store gallon of milk in my hand and i'm like this is bullshit and i'm like you know what this i'm never going to live like this as an adult I promised myself I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful. I'm never going to live like this as an adult. And from that day forward, that was where the hustle began. Figure out a way to be successful as fuck. So that way my kids never have to live like that. So that way I never have to live like that again. Dude, I hear that intensity, man. So, um, but that's where it began. I love that stuff, man. I love it. And I didn't have that. So much as a kid, there was always food on the table as a kid, but, but man, there were many days getting this business off the ground where I was going through that change, <laughs> keeping it going. but it's different when you're just doing it for yourself. And then, and then you, you know, cause really what I think is making you emotional is the thought process of, of, of the struggle for your mother to have to make those mental choices, man, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, she was often not home a lot. Mm -hmm. Cause she was always working. So I was like babysitting my sister on a, on a daily basis. I'm like eight years old watching like a four year old little girl after school. Right. I'm eight years old. I just, my mom was just like, just stay in the house. Don't go outside. <laughs> Don't go outside. You know? <laughs> this is back in the eighties, you know, <laughs> Don't go outside. Just turn <laughs> just the TV on. Stay home till I get home. <laughs> you know? Um, and then uh, my, my father was never involved in my life, my entire life. So 
Uh, I actually didn't even meet him until I was 28. Mm. Never spoke to him, never got a phone call, never yeah. got a letter, never got anything. So, yeah. um, so that was a whole nother side of it. So being that I grew up like that too, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of emotional issues from that sure. as well too, which I actually didn't even really figure out until I was about 18, 20. That's when I started to realize like, man, that's why I'm fucked up. <laughs> yeah. but dude, I, I relate to that. I mean, my real dad split when I was six months old. I never saw him. I never heard from him ever. And then just in a weird fate, look, we're in the credit business. We loan money to truckers and construction guys. And we had it. We pulled a credit application. This is a number of years ago, probably 10 years ago. We pulled a credit application on a guy in New Jersey. And we're talking to the guy on the phone, but the credit bureau says he's dead. So I say to my guys, go ahead and sign up for one of those, um, what do you call it, death certificate kind of services, and see if this guy's literally the guy we're talking to, right? And then after it was all done, turned out the certificate was wrong, but, but we, were, we were right. And I said, man, I, I had heard, I have this memory of my real dad in New Jersey. And I said, type in this name. And they typed it in. His name was Thomas uh, J. Lemish. And wouldn't you know, his death certificate pulled up, man. He died at 61 years old of heart failure. And, wow. uh, and, uh, and I called my mom. I said, man, you're never going to believe this story. She's like, oh, hell, his whole side of the family had heart problems. His, <laughs> his father died of a heart attack. His brother died of a heart attack. I'm like, for Christ's sake, nobody ever told me this, that I got heart. I could have, you know, DNA heart problems going on. And it's not genetic, bro. You it's don't lifestyle. Think? No, it's, it's lifestyle. Shit. And, and yes, yeah, shit. <laughs> Come on, man. There's got to be not, some baked no, in the box. No, being being thirty three percent, you're guaranteed to get it. Oh fuck! I told you. Billy. I told you it's gonna <laughs> be a tough one. Billy. You're guaranteed to follow in that same path. See, it only seems genetic because you're following you, in that path. Exactly. Yeah. You're driving the same freeways as your family. You're gonna end up in the same fucking city. Oh so, boy. Well, listen, no. I, I don't want to be a dick about it and be, be cavalier about it. I know you're right. And, uh, and that's so what are you going to do? about Hold it? on. Hold on, big guy. Don't skip that. <laughs> We're going to get to it. You're going to give me the whole plan before this thing's over. Okay. So, but was it your uncle or your granddad that did have uh, a male influence in your life? Because there was a male oh, influence. It was both. Okay. It was both. Uh, my, my grandfather and my uncle were like my, uh, man, they're my heroes growing up. Cool. Man. So you had a hero growing up. So I'm actually third generation uh, Marine Corps. Okay, oh. my grandfather was 26 years. My uncle, um, my uncle was in, and then I was the third generation. Mm. Uh, but my uncle and grandfather, kind of, you know, because me growing up without a dad, they kind of stepped in um, to kind of give me like that male role model. You know, especially my uncle. He was like my big brother. Mm. He's about 10 years older than me, 12 mm. years older than me. Mm. He's kind of like my big brother. So he was the one that kind of stepped in and just kind of taught me a lot of the man things, you know. Was that your mother's? Was that your mother's brother? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's my, it's my mom's little brother. Okay. So and he's still like I, I love him to pieces. He's mm-hmm. like we are still to this day super super tight. I mean, just randomly we text message each other. I love you, bro. So at the, <laughs> so at the end of the games, you were looking in the stands for him. Uh, well, see, he was, um, he worked a lot, so he didn't go to my games, yeah. um, but he was definitely, we were, I mean, from when he got out of the military was when we started spending the most time with each other, which was when I was about 12. Um, that was whenever he became really, really involved, yeah. um, with my life and was just kind of teaching me a lot of things and man stuff. Mm. What, what brought you to the military? Looking for a way out? 
Um, yep, definitely. That was that was step one was uh, getting out because um, I kind of grew up in the hood too. So it was kind of like that was I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life out of school yet. And being that my uncle and my grandfather were in the Marine Corps, my uncle used to tell me really cool stories and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what I want to do, mm. what I want to do. And that will actually get me out of Houston. Mm. Um, so when I was actually 17, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And my mom had to actually sign for me because I wasn't even legal yet. And as soon as I graduated high school, Gone. off to California. And yeah. I've been here ever since. Oh, that's what brought you to California. Camp Pendleton yeah. brought you to California? I, uh, I went to uh camp pendleton for boot camp and then when i got out i was stationed in 29 palms which is out here in uh, california as well too yeah and then when i got out i stayed out here in california got it that's what brought you to cali all right it's a tough place to leave man yeah i left i lived in newport beach for a couple years before i moved here to dallas oh nice yeah i live i live in irvine okay got it so you see now how long you been out there now uh since 97 so 21 years so you've seen all the changes too then Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was nothing out here when I first came no, out here. I know. Remember how it used to be separated? I mean, it was L.A., then it broke for a little while, went to Orange County, then it broke to yeah. San Diego. Now it's all one just being hot. Yeah. But I do love it out there. So after the military, were you a fitness guy in the military? I mean, was it easy for you to do PT and all that, or was it hard? I Yeah. I See, I, I've always had this obsession with fitness ah. since, since I was a kid, man. Matter of fact, my uncle uh, is the one that introduced me to weight training when I was like eight years old. Okay, he was the first one that introduced me to bench press and barbell curls, you know. And did you have the pla- did you have the plastic dumbbells? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> with the concrete inside with the plastic yeah, cover, the yeah, I had those. Yeah. yeah, I had those. And he even gave me one of you know those Arnold the arm blasters to wear like this awesome. and do the curls. Yeah, he gave yeah. me one of those too. Um, but that was where it all began, and that was kind of where like the spark took off. And then when I went to the military, I was I played sports all through high school and everything, and um, I did a lot of training on my own um, after school and everything for football and stuff. And then when I went to the Marine Corps, it was the same thing. I mean, I was in the infantry, so everything's very physical there. So, I mean, we get up and run at 5 a.m. every day. No problem for you. You were totally yeah, down we, with that. Yeah, we run, then go to the gym, then go eat breakfast, mm-hmm. and then go through our day. And then at the end of the day, I would go back to the gym for a few more hours. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, as I started moving up in the ranks uh, in the Marine Corps, I became in charge of keeping my men in shape. Right. And um, because for the ones who can't hang, you got to give them extra PT (laughs) to get them in shape. So because you're responsible for them, if they can't hang, you got to get them to where they can. Um, So that was kind of where where the actual training aspect came in to where I started taking more responsibility onto others, you know, besides myself. So here's the thing that I wanted to get into today. And we already started it before we even turned the cameras on. But here's what's interesting to me. I was trying to argue this opinion in my own personal life that I feel that I have such focus and clarity in my business, da 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 da, da. But yet it's hard to, to get the same clarity and focus working out and, and health and fitness. And your stance was, which I thought was really freaking brilliant. Dude, you don't have it all put together in your business then. Because you're starting with the cart in front of the horse, man. It starts with do you have it all tight in your personal and your body. That's mm-hmm. why maybe, you know, you're not reaching full potential in the business. So expand on that a little bit. So I personally believe that when it comes to, especially for, cause I train a lot of really successful people and, um, and I've actually seen their incomes like 
quadruple 10x from getting fit and the reason is is because when you learn to master yourself there is a level of discipline and self-confidence and belief in yourself that absolutely magnifies and when you're already doing well in business and then you apply self-discipline and confidence and these insane levels of belief on top of that dude your shit blows up Mm -hmm. like blows up because you're on a whole nother level so for those people who are successful who you may be be achieving high levels of success now right but because you lack self-discipline because you haven't mastered yourself because you don't believe in yourself because you haven't ever achieved yourself your true self um so you lack confidence you lack belief in yourself and you don't have that discipline how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you are holding yourself back. So even though you may be successful now, you could be five, 10 times more successful if you had truly mastered yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's, people need to just take that in, man, because I'm taking it in right now. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. It is. And, and here's another side of this too. Part of the reason why you feel like it's hard, okay, this whole journey of getting fit, it's not physical, bro. it's mental it's a mental feat because what you just said just now it's so hard what do you think that is well that's self-defeating i suppose i mean that's head cheese that's baggage right there it's self-limiting belief yeah so because you believe it's so hard guess what you feel yeah, but listen, it's really it's really the pain and pleasure thing. I mean, it's sometimes it's just better to break down and go to Shipley's Donuts. And you know Shipley's Donuts from your Houston days? Uh, I, I do know the uh, Shipley, yeah. Dude, those yeah. are the best donuts you can get your hands <laughs> on, man. Those are the best donuts in the country, man. I've if, never had them. If I brought you a donut, would you eat it? Never. You would I, never I would actually probably, I'd probably kick you in the balls. <laughs> if I brought donuts to the gym, you, what would you do? <laughs> I'd kick you out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? You ever go in your clients' uh, cars and see if they got any donut wrappers or any shit in their cars in the back seat? Do you ever no, go that actually, far? No, actually. Oh, no. man, dude. This is some real shit going on, Billy. I'm telling you. <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal, dude. I knew it was going to go like this on the podcast today. I just knew when I had you that. There was going to be no way for me to shuck and jive on this topic. And now here's, here's another side of this too. See, you may like Shipley's Donuts, but your body don't like Shipley's Donuts. Yeah, that's a brain thing, man. No, no, no. It, it's, it's an addiction thing because of the sugar and the flour and the donuts. It's highly palatable, which basically gets you high as fuck, which is why you like the Shipley's Donuts. But what ends up happening is you blood sugar crash, you inflame your brain, which slows your productivity, which actually makes it to where you suck for days afterwards because you had Shipley's donuts i remember i was juicing like crazy about six months ago it was some it was something i remember I, that and you and you responded to me and you said when you get your macros down dude you're gonna feel like superman right you will but i never got the macros down why not i just couldn't stay disciplined enough to get the macros down to actually okay. cook it in advance to weigh it in advance and do why all not? the shit you talk about fucking harder than it is to just go to fucking Shipley's Donuts. What, on the <laughs> what did you just say again? What did you just say? Hard, hard, hard. See? <laughs> Your belief right there. Yeah. That's why you're 33%. Because mm. you have the belief that it's hard. Let me ask you a question. You have to change that belief. When you look at me, how much weight do you think I could lose? Well, it, it, I'd have to actually see your body fat percentage or see you shirtless. 
Um, so if you want to take your shirt off right now, we can decide. Come on, man. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> um, well, let me tell you something. You want to know what's fucked up? How much do you weigh right now? Three bills. Three bills? Yeah, 300 pounds. Six, two, 300. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, a you got, 46, I'm a 46.30. I'm a 46.30. Got, you got a good 100 pounds. 100 pounds? Yeah. Dude, that's you 200 should, pounds. Exactly. You should be a ripped, like, 190, 195 tops. No way, dude. I played, yeah. I was 230 when I graduated high school. Best shape of my life, if you will. And you weren't ripped. No, no, I wasn't ripped. Exactly. So, which means your body fat was still high. <laughs> <laughs> mm. you're not the first person that told me i could lose 100 pounds i've been through about five personal trainers i asked mm-hmm. them all the same question on the first day how much weight you think i could lose they all say 100 pounds i'm mm-hmm. like get out of here i can't lose 100 pounds they're like baby you can lose 100 pounds yep easily all right let's get into how we're going to do it all right not just for me just for anybody because this okay. is the biggest fucking problem that everybody has man it's this 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 disparity this out of balance so Give me the key traits of people that actually make the change. And I've seen the before and afters on your website and on your socials. You got some people, and when you used to talk about ripped, I mean, you got some people that are getting shredded. Mm -hmm. So what are the key traits that those people are embracing or changing to? Uh, Number one, like I teach in both the books, is your mindset. Because if you don't get your mindset in check, for example, you keep saying it's hard. because So you have this belief, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. When something's hard, what happens? We quit. Exactly. When something's hard, do you want to do what it takes to do to get there? Fuck no. You would do everything to avoid it. Yeah. So because you have that belief, it's hard, you're going to keep basically running away from it. So step one is getting your mindset in check. You have to change your belief systems. Okay. Um, step two, the most important element is tracking your food intake. That is the number one most important thing after your mindset that you have to do is get your food dialed in because you cannot lose any fat. Hold on. House cleaners coming downstairs right now. Um, So anyway, uh, so you have to get your food in check to lose body fat. For those of you who are listening right now, the only way, okay, I'm sure all you guys see all these diets. There's like a bajillion diets out there. If you're, if you're on social media, I know you're seeing the, um, there's tons of ads being run right now for like the ketogenic diet sure. and, and so forth and it's paleo everywhere. diets and yeah. things like that, right? Okay, here's the magic. Every single one of these diets all do one thing, okay? And if you don't do this one thing, no matter what diet you do, you're not going to lose shit, okay? And that number one thing is you have to create a calorie deficit. So if you're not tracking your food, you have no fucking clue how much you've eaten. Dude, it's just like in business, man. It's like you can't, you can't close enough deals if you ain't tracking your calls and your exactly. dog time and all. It's a metrics that has to be tracked for success. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And just like uh, Darren Hardy says, all winners – are trackers. Mm, mm. Apply that to your food. If you want to win, you have to track. And that means, so for example, so when you're tracking your food, whatever your daily calorie intake is, or your limit, I should say, when you're done, you're done. For me, that's probably care. about 2,300 calories for me. That's exactly. About the number. And I don't care if it's two o'clock in the afternoon. If you hit your 2,300 by two o'clock, you're fucking done. Mm. You starve until the next day. 
Okay. <laughs> You're done. Ooh, I got so it. I got you drink water and fucking starve. You're not gonna die. You got plenty of body fat to live off of. Dude, you know one of my one of the trainers. I've I, I've had like five six personal trainers, but the number one guy. You know what he made me do? He made me text him pictures of everything I put into my mouth. Mm-hmm. That's actually uh, that's actually a trick that I do too, um, for clients that that need a little more accountability. Um, I had them do that. Mm-hmm. And then so, that, that throws the whole head cheese of like, oh, man, am I going to lie to him and show him the Shipley's or am I like going to show him the Shipley's and then take the shit the next workout, you know, which goes back to this head cheese thing, which goes back to your number one thing. You got to get your mind right. Mm-hmm. So keep going on that, though, because I want to talk a little bit about the food intake. So you are not you are completely against um, carbohydrates, right? I mean, you're well, not a carbohydrate. I am completely against all processed got carbohydrates. It. Got it. So. Um, but I'm totally for um, actual natural carb sources. So vegetables, okay. in case you didn't know, vegetables are a carb, fruit, uh, potatoes, um, a little bit of rice every now and then is no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it fits within your numbers. Got it. So hey. how does somebody, Damon, how does somebody go find these numbers? I mean, if somebody wants to start from, from scratch, zero, ground zero, how do we the, start to figure out these numbers? The easy way is get one of my books because it's got it all, it's all done for you. Okay, That's perfect. the easy way. Got so it. it's laid out. All right. So um, I want to do a little word association with you. Ready? Sure. All right. So you, I'll say one word, you say the other word. Okay. Sugar. Fat ass. Bagels. Uh, heart attack. Heart attack. Fish oil. Oh, vital. BCAAs. Um, not necessary. Magnesium. Vital. Uh, you need that. There's, it's every single function in your body needs magnesium and not the synthetic forms. Most of the stuff you see in the shelves, people, is fake. It is not beneficial for your body. You have to get uh, sources that actually come from an actual vegetable, uh, a vegetable source. So the only brand that I recommend for this is Mega Food. Mm. That's the brand Magnesium. All the rest are shit. You take magnesium before bed or when? I, I, I take it before bed, yeah. As a little bit of a sleep aid? Uh, as a, um, yeah. Okay. It, it's, it, you, you end up having what's known as magnesium dreams. Because you sleep so deep, whatever's going on in your subconscious, it's coming out in your dream, and you're going to wake up going, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> easy, man. Uh, what time is the last meal of the day? Doesn't matter. Doesn't Here, matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the deal. Um, so you know the old theory where you have to eat every two and a half, three hours. You know, we used to teach that a long time ago, okay? Past few years. Science has proven that the time of day does not matter. The only thing, and the meals per day doesn't matter. So whether you do it in one meal, whether you do it in six meals, doesn't matter. If you're eating your 2,300, 2,300 is 2,300. The results are going to be the same. Mm, but that's not the same for the quality of the 2,300. It's just... Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, obviously the quality of the 2,300 matters. So if you're eating 2,300 of pasta you're going to look and feel like shit. But if you're eating 2,300 of like protein and vegetables, you're going to look and feel fucking amazing. Uh, how much sleep per night? Uh, that depends on the person. Um, I, I recommend at least six hours. Um, some studies show six to nine, but I'm personally, um, I kind of live off like six-ish. How about uh, vegan or carnivore? <laughs> I think vegans are dumb. Vegans are dumb. <laughs> 
Right, because, I mean, you could eat pasta and call yourself a vegan. Exactly. Because, see, here's the deal. Most vegans, If you, have you ever met any vegans? I'm, I, I think I have. And none of them look like they're in great shape. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Vegans, for number one, they tend to be crazy. They're fucking Looney Tunes like terrorists, man. Like, they're crazy as hell. And they trade their meat consumption with pasta, sugar, candy and all this other crap so most vegans actually have like terrible physiques they look like shit and most of them are on hormone replacement therapy they're taking all kinds of um like um shots for different vitamins and stuff that they're deficient in they tend to be a little emotionally just out of whack because they're omega-3 deficient because they're not getting any omega-3s from like fish oil and things like that they're just they're just all fucked up i'll go with that how about how about tobacco uh what about it good terrible 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 just, just beyond terrible, terrible? yeah that's that's heart attack that's heart attack track right there hmm. now i don't smoke i just like to chew cigars that's all i like to do so. are you chewing the tobacco of course okay so then you're still getting the the nicotine in there which is still hardening your arteries billy i can't shake this guy man i can't get this guy <laughs> to like anything i'm doing this guy's tough man all right here we go cardio versus weights uh, weights. Absolutely. Weight. Right. Absolutely. Cause he, here's the deal. You can get ripped doing zero cardio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do you get the heart health? You train at a very intense pace. So number one, your macros got to be dialed. Number two, you have to train at a very intense pace. So just like you see in the book, the, the way that we train is a very, very, very intense pace. You're getting a very cardio like effect yeah. without the the negative side effects of doing cardio. So for those of you who don't know, if you're doing a lot of endurance cardio, it is terrible for fat loss and terrible for your health. Because when you do endurance cardio, it is basically muscle wasting, right? Your body basically wants to eliminate muscle to become more efficient. And also what happens too, especially for those of you who are like distance bikers and distance runners, when you do that kind of stuff over time, it damages your thyroid. So you end up lowering your thyroid output, which also slows, slows down your metabolism. On top of you're losing muscle, slowing your metabolism. On top of that, it just makes you just look like shit. On top of that, it makes you hungrier. Mm-hmm. What okay? about um, fasted workouts or pre-workout meals? That's truly up to you. There's really no magic behind it. Okay. Um, it it's, it, there's, it's all about the totals for the day. Okay, and water per day. Uh, I recommend for women, gallon, two gallons a day, men, two plus. Yeah, dude, you're a three-gallon-a-day guy, right? Yeah, I, I do a minimum of three a day. Dude, you must be going to the bathroom all the time. All the time. <laughs> I got to pull over on the side of the road every time I drive somewhere. <laughs> pull over, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. That is something else. So, listen, I want to just finish on something here. Sure. Because um, in my book, I call it false positive. And I relate it to a mindset in which the person feels they're doing better than they actually are financially, right? Mm. It's where the, the, the bills don't come on pink slips anymore, so we think we're actually out of broke, right? Or, mm-hmm. or we can actually buy it. It has no connection to whether we should afford it. And as I'm writing that in the book, the only thing I'm thinking about is, dude, I'm false positive about my health. Mm-hmm. 
I work, I work out with a trainer. We do a boot camp. I bring a personal trainer into my office for the entire company. I pay for it three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I do that personal. I do that workout, and then I freaking bury a pizza, man. I'm in false positive. Big time. Right? So how, what do you say to a guy to get this mindset shift moving in the right direction? Listen, man, I'm a pretty hardcore guy. How do I move the mind to stop looking at physical fitness and health as sort of a byproduct and start to move it as the product? Here's the, here's the reality. For most people, and this may actually be you, especially when it comes to men, um, it usually is going to take some form of a life-threatening situation mm. to make you get your shit together. Mm. Meaning you're going to get a diagnosis, right? Your doctor's going to tell you like, you got six months or you have cancer or you have heart disease. It's going to take something that is going to make you fear for your life before you get your shit together. That's most cases for most people, unfortunately. Mm. Wow. Um, really is it, it, you just have to make it a priority. It has to be your number one thing. Like you have to want it. You have to set goals with your fitness, just like you do with your business. Yeah, man. So you have to know like, all right, what do I want to look like? What do I want to feel like? You know, and you have to set goals for that, just like you would in business. How long could it take me to lose 100 pounds? That truly depends on your effort. I get that question all the time. How fast? Well, how fucking hard are you willing to work? <laughs> Come on, give me some real, give, me some, give me some idea though. What That's is it? the question. I mean, but, but the, um, is it 10 pounds a month? That's 10 months. Is it 20 pounds for, a month? For you or you out, you should be doing 20 plus. 20 a pounds month. a month dropping. Yeah. Yeah, at least for your first good three, four, five months. See, so that's, my, dude, that's three months I could change my fucking life. Yeah, big time. Uh, my record-holding guy uh, lost 95 and seven. Seven months. Mm-hmm. So he lost, 30, he lost 31 the first 30 days. But, dude, I might feel so much better after 60 days dropping 40 pounds that I might be like, man, I'm good. How do you keep the person moving well, see, past that? Here's, so here's another side of this, okay? You are where you are because in your mind, that's what you see. That's your self-image. Your self-image is of you being 300 pounds. So anytime that you go to lose weight, as long as you have this self-image of you being 300 pounds, you're going to eventually ship these donuts and pizza and get back there. Billy, I found something I got them on. Listen, man, I don't see it. I see myself as fucking Arnold. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't see myself. I don't see myself as three hundred pounds, dude. You're kidding. That was the case. It's only when I look in pictures that I see that. But dude, that was, my mindset that, is I look like fucking Arnold. If that was the case, you would look like Arnold. No, I'm telling you, I think I look like Arnold, man. <laughs> You're not even close. <laughs> you need to take some photos and, and, and get a little reality check. Dude, what do you think it is? That's why I think I video these podcasts. I got to look at my ass afterwards and say, damn, look at that double chin, man. Somebody work on the fucking lightning here, I say to these guys all the time. <laughs> Listen, man, we're not playing with, um, with monkey business here. I mean, this is so freaking serious. And how does it connect to people's money? I love what you were saying even before we came on. We touched a little bit on camera, but the reality is, man, until you get the personal stuff dialed, and so much goes into play here. Let me ask you this crazy question. I had a personal trainer tell me this one time. You ready for this bullshit? Mm -hmm. He said, man, you better be careful. If you lose too much weight, 
Or if your wife loses too much weight, it might fuck up your marriage. Have you ever seen that happen where one person actually, loses- Actually, that's true. And here's why. Here's why, okay? Most people, when they get in relationships, guess what they connect over? Food. Food, yeah. okay? When you connect over food, one of them takes that away and gets in shape. This one's still trying to connect over food. Guess what happens? Yeah, man. There's no connection, mm. okay? That's why it's vital that you both get on the same page or at least support each other on each other's journey. Yeah. So, um, so that, that, that actually is true. That's why you'll find like a lot of uh, couples who especially like really obese ones, you'll have one that'll start getting in shape, they end up divorced because the other one doesn't want to change. They don't want to change. This one's, this one's like, fuck, I don't want to be fat anymore. I want to be fit. This, that life over there sucked. Like, and they get fit. They end up divorcing because they no longer connect yeah. because they only connected over food. I totally they never they never connected over actual a relationship. They never connected over anything else other than let's go eat ice cream. Let's go have pizza. So, Damon, can I lose that weight in uh, working out 30 minutes a day? Fuck no. How many, how many hours do I got to work out to do that? You, you need to be doing at least 60 to 90 minutes a day. I mean, you could do it in 30 minutes a day. If you if you wanted to take six years, <laughs> it's gonna take you for fucking ever to get there. Thirty minutes a day, sixty to ninety minutes a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is only a little bit more than four percent of your day. Yeah, no, that's see, so for, important. Yeah, for most of you who are who are business owners listening to this, the easiest way to create time to work on yourself is early morning. Because let's be real, most of you try and do the whole after work thing. Guess what happens after work? Yeah, you're worn out. You're fucking tired. You're drained emotionally. You've had a long day of putting out fires. You've been fucking hustling all day. You're exhausted. You just want to go home and turn off, right? So you have to get in the habit of getting up early, sacrifice some sleep, get up early, train first thing, then start your day. Mm-hmm. See, whenever you start your, when you start your day with your fitness first thing, especially in the early morning hours, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, the world's not awake yet. So you're not going to be distracted by your kids. You're not going to be distracted by your employees. You're not going to be distracted by, distracted by your business. You're going to be able to focus on you. And then on top of that, you're going to get an endorphin high afterwards. So your actual day in business is going to be way more productive. Yeah, plus you'll sleep a lot better. That too. But, you know, people people ask me, what, what's my biggest regret in business? And I used to answer with this with this answer. I used to say that I waited too long to scale the business, right? I, I, I thought that we needed to be small. I needed to be involved in everything. I couldn't trust anybody. And that was my biggest regret. But that's not true anymore. I'm 49 years old. My biggest regret in, my, in business is that I let my health go to shit. I traded my health for the you success did. of my business. That's like that one quote from uh, the Dalai Lama that says that the number one thing that, that disturbs him about human beings is that they basically spend the majority of their lives chasing money and then spend the very end of it and all their money trying to get their health back, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they basically sacrifice their health, health for money and then spend all their money trying to get their health back. But by then it's too late. Yeah, you know, the Dalai Lama also says, uh, or maybe Buddha says this, um, you can't have darkness in one area of your life and light in the other, you know? Ooh, I like that. It's, I haven't heard that one. It's all got to be connected. It does. It does. Like I said, when it comes to success in life, it begins within yourself in the gym. 
So let's talk about the book uh, Booty Gains. Like mm-hmm. it's it's I love the title Shredded Executive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a big market for that book. Um, but Booty Gains, talk to me about Booty Gains. Like, is it specifically for women to get a good booty? I mean, what's yep. Booty Gains all about? Yep, it's specifically because when it comes to women, um, especially with with social media today. Uh, they see all these fitness models with these booty shots every day, all day. So every woman today wants a nice ass booty, and every man wants a woman with a nice ass booty. Okay, so I've had this book in my head for years, man, and I actually kind of put it on hold uh, when I was writing the Shredded Executive, and then for a while it was just marketing just that, you know, six packs getting people ripped and so forth, and then um, um, just last year just finally decided to pull the trigger on getting booty gains written. Cause it's something I do with my ladies anyway, cause I train men and women yeah. and, uh, and my women, we train booty every day. And so where do we get the book? Booty gains, uh, booty gains Okay. Not on Amazon booty gains. It, it will be on Amazon very soon. Okay, so we're good. in the final phases of getting that on there. Let me ask you a question. You think after our time together that, that if I was in Irvine, California, I'd be a good client of yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I could whip your ass in shape. Cause it's, it's it's here, man. I think once we the, once we flip this switch, once we flip this switch, everything falls into place. Dude, I think it's the biggest problem with your industry of personal training. <clears throat> it's that most of the personal trainers aren't good working with the client's head cheese. They're they're listeners. They listen to the clients whine and bitch and be the victim that you said, but they really aren't good fixers to get in there and just call them out and start to fix that head cheese. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly why most of them suck is that they don't actually they don't actually work on that aspect of the um, of the training. They they don't work on the actual mindset of it. Yeah. I got to come back inside my battery's dying here. Listen, Damon. Yes, sir. I'm grateful for our time together, man. I, I knew you were going to call my ass out. And the one thing I know <laughs> about myself though is I just don't mind it one bit i i relish it i have to have people in my life that call me out on it it's just so important i'm grateful for you for doing it today that wasn't the purpose of today's episode by the way i want to help <laughs> people figure out but but i knew he was going to give it to me billy i knew it man he was good i knew as soon as i asked that question of, do i look fat he was going to hammer down and that's where it was going to go i just knew it man so damon thanks man i wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing i hope Thank you. Gaines sells thanks for having out. me on it's my pleasure man thanks for making the time i'll see you down the road okay okay buddy take care all right you too that's our episode this week with your host matt monero check us out every friday at 12 p.m central as we discuss money your life and how you need more money